Sci-Fi Fans is the official podcast of science fiction author W.A. Blinko. Before today's episode, I'd just like to mention how this podcast is made. Thank you so much for listening to that short advert. It really does help this podcast. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hi and welcome to Sci-Fi Fans, the podcast of movie trivia. In this episode, I will be returning to the Harry Potter universe and talk to you about the third film in the series. Harry Potter is a worldwide phenomenon in which we all know. I don't think there is anybody that has access to books that doesn't actually know about Harry Potter. Harry Potter made J.K. Rowling the first billionaire author. After the release of The Chamber of Secrets, though, they would have to recast Dumbledore as, unfortunately, Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore, passed away. So they had to find a new actor. Now, one person that was considered for the role was none other than Sir Ian McKellen. But he turned the role of Dumbledore down because of his appearance as Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. He is quoted as saying, I had enough trouble living up to one legend and two would be too much to hope for. He also felt that it would have been inappropriate of him to take on the role and that is because um, he would be replacing Richard Harris who embodied Dumbledore but also Richard Harris had called him, Ian McKellen that is, a dreadful actor. In the uh, prison of Azkaban we're introduced for the first time to Dementors. J.K. Rowling based Dementors on her own struggles with depression. J.K. Rowling has also said that Professor Lupin is the kind of teacher that she wished she'd had when she was at school, as um, he is kind-hearted, kind in general, and can bring out the best of people. And she gives the example of this when Professor Lupin notices that Neville Longbottom's lack of confidence is holding him back, so he helps him overcome this by teaching him how to defeat the Boggart. She also has said that out of all of her characters that she has created, Ramis Lupin is one of her favourites, and if she could ever meet any of them for real, she would probably choose him. Harry Potter has many enemies, and they're at home as well as at Hogwarts, but the one that he has to deal with at home is uh, uh, Dudley, Dudley Dursley, played by Harry Melling. He was almost recast and that was because he'd lost so much weight between films that it was decided that he could play the role or carry on playing the role of uh, Dudley but he would have to wear a fat suit to make him look heavier. Director Chris Columbus originally signed on to direct all of the Harry Potter films but when he realised that by doing so this would mean he would miss out on seeing his children grow up he actually decided to pass on directing the subsequent films. He remained on board though with The Prisoner of Azkaban and is credited as a producer. But as uh, soon as shooting wrapped, he ultimately decided that that would be his last involvement with the uh, Harry Potter franchise. Sirius Black's wanted um, poster has symbols that translate to more or less human. Gary Oldman accepted the role of Sirius Black because he needed the job. He hadn't acted for over a year and he'd taken time off to be with his family and his last acting role was in Sin 
which was released in 2003, but it was actually filmed in 2002. He also took the role to please his son. Gary Oldman is such a nice guy and um, he was aware of uh, Daniel Radcliffe's passion for music that when they first met, he gave them a bass guitar. I'm not sure what Radcliffe's parents, whether or not they were happy with this, but I suppose it's better than giving him a drum kit, at least. <laughs> um, now, this first encounter was contrary to what happened when Tom Felton first met Gary Oldman. He actually thought that Gary Oldman was one of the janitors for the set. Emma Watson would quite often um, play with director Alfonso Caron, Carion's hair between takes and she got away with this because his hair was so long. One of the hairstyles that she gave him was pigtails. She even joked on set that she was his unofficial hairstylist. You might be surprised to hear this that director Alfonso Carion hadn't actually read any of the Harry Potter books. He hadn't even seen the first two films but when he was offered the uh, job of director Guillermo del Toro convinced him to go and read the books, telling him, don't be stupid, read them immediately. The fact that he had no real knowledge of the characters is maybe why he asked the lead actors to write an essay about the characters from the character's perspective. <clears throat> Emma Watson, in true Hermione fashion, went overboard and wrote 16 pages. Daniel Radcliffe, on the other hand, did what he felt Harry would do and wrote a simple one-page summary of his character. And I like this for me because this shows how well in tune the actors were to the characters. What did Rupert Grint did? Well, he did what he thought Ron would do and never actually handed in his essay. Not only that, the... Um, not the director wasn't the only person that hadn't watched the uh, previous films, but Sir Michael Gambon admitted that he saw no point in reading the books to get a feel for the character of Dumbledore, as every part that he plays was just a different variation of his own personality. So for the next uh, five films, I think, uh, he just didn't bother reading the books. David Twillis was director Alfonso Carrion's first choice for the role of Professor Lupin and he accepted the role on advice from Ian Hart, who was the man cast as Professor Creel. He told him that Professor Lupin was the best part in the book. The tattoos on Sirius Black's body and hands are actually based on Russian prisoner gang tattoos. They are markings, in the Russian prison that is, that identify the person as a man to be feared and respected. To stop Tom Felton from sneaking food on set during filming, all of the pockets on his robes were sewn shut. There is a reasonable amount of practical effects with the prisoner of Azkaban. In particular, the bats that we see flying around Hagrid's huts are real, so they're not animated bats, they're genuine bats that needed animal handlers to control and train them. However, they had difficulties and Daniel Radcliffe commented that the bats tended to urinate everywhere. The trainers in control of the bats used food as rewards to get them to do what they wanted and one of their uh, favourite foods apparently was bananas. At one point, filming had to be halted and this is because uh, the train that was used as the Hogwarts Express was vandalised. In Alien, and I know I'm 
supposed to be talking about Harry Potter, but in Alien, they uh, used five different cats to portray Jonesy on the Nostromo. Well, in Harry Potter, the Prisoner of Azkaban, two Persian redcoats were used for the role of Crookshank, with the trainers uh, saving the, uh, the cat's shed fur, rolling it into balls so that they could then be clipped onto the cats in order to achieve Crookshank's matted look. The illusionist Paul Kevis, or Keeve, was a consultant and he worked extensively to create physical magical effects. He is also the only professional illusionist to have worked on any of the Harry Potter movies. Using his expertise, the movie includes several but discreet, authentic, practical illusions throughout. If you have the two-disc DVD, the second disc actually turns finding these um, effects into a game. Kev, or Kiev, also has a cameo appearance, and this is during the three broomsticks in the pub scene. Did you realise that the set for Honey Dukes was previously Olive Anders One Shop, and in Harry, and that was in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It was also Flourish and Bolts in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Professor uh, Trollwin's glasses were actually made out of magnifying glasses in order to give them that strange appearance. Emma Thompson said wearing them often made her feel sick and dizzy. And to be honest, I'm not really surprised because I can't imagine walking around constantly with um, magnifying glasses over my eyes instead of normal lenses. So that must have been a little bit tricky for her to uh, navigate. Sometimes you'd imagine um, not only were there practical effects used, but also the Prisoner of Azkaban was the first film to extensively use real life locations, whereas in the previous two films they relied more on a studio and sets. As a practical joke, uh, Rupert Grint dyed his hair blonde and not realising it was a joke, Daniel Radcliffe actually thought that Ron's hair was meant to be blonde and that was a part of the script that he hadn't read. The, um, the giant squid that lives in the Black Lake of Hogwarts was meant to have its debut in the franchise in uh, this film, but it was cut. The night bus forms an integral part of the story. Two night buses were built. One was for the exterior shots and the other one was used for the interior shots. They created the bus for the exterior, for the exterior shots that is, by simply adding another layer to a double-decker bus and then they painted it all purple. As part of the uh, promotion for the film though, Lego in America at selected cinemas hounded out, hounded? <laughs> yeah, they hounded out. <laughs> they, um, they handed out three mini, uh, mini um, night bus Lego kits. I wouldn't mind one of those myself. Uh, with each purchase of a ticket. Did you know that the spell Loomis is also the name of J.K. Rowling's charity for children? Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is the only Harry Potter film not to have grossed over $800 million worldwide. It was also the very last Harry Potter film to be released on VHS in 2004. And finally, Warner Brothers supplied cinema ushers with night vision goggles to prevent any illegal recordings and to prevent piracy of the film. So that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've had as much fun listening to me talk about Harry Potter as I have had creating this podcast for you to listen to. Don't forget to come back next week for another exciting edition of Sci-Fi Fans, the podcast. Thank you for your time. 
and I'll see you if you can in the comments box on your preferred platform. Please subscribe, please share and uh, don't forget to tell your friends about this podcast so we can grow a lovely community to talk all things film and pop culture. Thank you much. Thank you very much for your time again and I will see you next week. Before I go, I'd just like to mention that I have a YouTube channel, Sci-Fi Fans, and TikTok channel, Sci-Fi Fans. I also have a website where you can find out about my latest projects and more about my books, and that's wayneblinko.com, W-A-Y-N-E-B-L-I-N-K-O.com. And uh, yeah, that's just where I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the other platforms. And um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Until next week. Bye. All information in this podcast episode is researched by myself, Wayne Blinko. I use various websites such as IMDb or official websites from actors, films or film studios. Thank you very much.